Hi, I'm Caleb Giddings for Firearms Industry News, and on this week's episode, we're going to answer a question that we started to answer a couple of weeks ago when we talked about why gun stores are out of stock, why there aren't any guns to buy right now. And this one is directly related to that, but the issue is a little bit more complex. So today we're looking at why is the ammo gone? I want you to imagine me doing my best Johnny Depp impersonation when I said that with the whole hands and crazy eyes like he did when he was playing Captain Jack Sparrow. But why is the ammo gone? Obviously, we are in an unprecedented time, and if you're watching this or listening to this at some point in the future when you can walk into Fleet Farm and buy a box of ammo, great. Right now, it's 2020, it's almost the end of July, and you can't. You can't walk into a gun store or Fleet Farm or a retailer that sells ammo. You can't order it online. It's difficult to find and it's very expensive. And so today we're going to look at why that's happened and what's caused it. Now, the easy answer is supply and demand. We all know that's how supply and demand works. It's like death and taxes. Supply and demand is an immutable law of the universe. But in this situation, we have a unique set of circumstances that have made it so the demand so far outstrips the supply for a number of reasons that it's worth taking a look at. The first thing that we want to talk about when we examine this problem is demand. In researching this video and the accompanying print article that I'll be writing about this, I talked to reps from multiple industry companies and they all told me kind of the same thing. In fact, the VP over at MagTech that I spoke with said that demand in this instance is 10 times greater than it was after the 2013 Sandy Hook shooting, which all of us remember. Well, all of us that have been here for a while remember that. We remember the panic after Obama got reelected and the Sandy Hook shooting caused everybody to buy all of the ammo. This is worse. And this is worse on a scale that we've never seen before. The demand, as we said, is 10 times what it was five years ago. And to put that into perspective, the ammunition industry, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, makes about 8 billion rounds of ammo every year across all calibers and gauges. That's about what they produce, is 8 billion rounds. And that was enough to meet the demand in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, but it hasn't been enough in 2020. And we'll talk about supply here in a minute, but first we want to finish looking at this demand issue. Why is the demand so high? Why do we have 10 times the demand that we had post Sandy Hook? And it's three critical factors. And the first is obviously the corona virus, the lockdowns. People started buying guns and ammo because they didn't feel good about how the economy was going. They didn't feel good about the way things are going during the lockdowns. And then you add on the current civil unrest. That's the word we're going to use. We're going to go with civil unrest. You add in the current state of civil unrest to things and people aren't comfortable about that. So they're buying even more ammo. And then 
Add in to the fact that it's an election year. Election years traditionally have a spike in ammo sales regardless because gun owners are concerned that someone is going to get elected who's going to ban guns, tax ammo, do something silly. Any one of those things would have led to a spike in the demand of ammunition by itself. All three of them happening at once is pretty wild and it has created this perfect storm of demand for an in-demand product. And we have three kinds of people that are buying ammo as part of this increased demand. So you have your, your normies, for lack of a better word, your occasional shooters. These are the guys who go to the range once a month, maybe burn through a few boxes of ammo, and then they're done. They don't really stockpile ammo. They may have 150, 200 rounds laying around their house, but this is the vast majority of your normal market ammo purchases. They go to the range, they buy what they're gonna shoot either that day or the day before, and then they go shoot it, and they shoot the vast majority, if not all of it. Those are your normal ammo purchasers. Then you have your hoarders. Now your hoarders sort of have the TP mentality. Remember when we couldn't get toilet paper at the start of the Corona apocalypse? They see that a uh, commodity has gotten scarce, so the second it becomes available, they buy as much of it as they can. Now hoarders are the worst, and we all, those of us that shoot regularly, hate them. Um, it's because these are guys who are sitting on 10, 15,000 rounds of nine mil that they're never ever going to shoot, or if they do shoot it, it's going to be a little bit here and a little bit there, and then they're gonna shoot 100 rounds and go buy the next 1,000 rounds that they see at a reasonable price. So hoarders are the worst and we hate you. And the reason I don't like hoarders is because before I broke my arm, I would routinely shoot 1,500 rounds a month, right? And to do that, to keep that much ammo on stock for a year in a normal living environment is difficult. I have a wife, I have a kid, I have to put things places, and I don't really have the storage space in our condo for 25,000 rounds of ammo. So I would keep a decent amount on hand, but I would still have to replenish that stock. Hoarders make that difficult and they kind of ruin it for everybody else. So those are the hoarders, those are the same people who would go out and buy reams and reams of toilet paper or whatever supplies in short demand and then never actually really use it. So those guys are the worst. Now your third sort of person that's buying ammo right now are these new shooters. According again to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, we've had a huge number of new shooters enter the firearms owning community. We've sold a record number of guns every month this year, it basically seems, and a lot of those are going to new gun owners. And one of the reasons that, one of the ways that these new gun owners contribute to the demand problem is they don't know how much ammo should cost. To explain that, it's a lot like when somebody moves from, say, the Los Angeles area to San Antonio and rents a house or buys a house. They're used to paying LA area artificially inflated insane clown shoes prices for real estate. So when they get to San Antonio, they're sort of willing to pay that same amount. And that drives up the prices of everything in San Antonio. If 
rent was 1500 bucks a month in this building, but somebody re from California really wants this cool new apartment and they're willing to pay $2,500, that's gonna bump everything else up because now the landlord knows he can get $2,500. So we have these new shooters and they're entering the market for the first time. And they don't know that it's bananas to pay $25 for a box of 115 grain full metal jacket, nine mil. And yet they do it because they bought this new Glock and they obviously need bullets to go with it and they don't really care what it costs. It's all sort of just part of how things work to them because they don't know any better. So they're not only are they inflating the demand for ammo, but they're also helping to inflate the prices, which we'll talk about the prices when we get to the supply situation and how hopefully this will eventually all normalize itself. But as you can see, the combination of the coronavirus, of the civil unrest, of it being an election year, of us having to deal with hoarders because of the coronavirus and the civil unrest, normal ammunition consumption, and obviously all these new shooters entering the market, this is what has come together to create this tenfold demand increase from the last time we saw a massive spike in ammunition in 2013. Tenfold. That's an amazing number. So now that we understand the demand, let's move on to what's going on with the supply chain. We spoke previously how, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, in 2018, the entire gun industry made 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition. That's a lot of ammunition. And that's just the US consumer market ammunition. That doesn't count stuff that gets made for the military or for law enforcement production. That's just stuff that goes to you guys, okay? Now what's interesting is of that, and there's some bar napkin math in here because the manufacturers don't always disclose their direct production numbers, but of that 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition, 70 to 75% of it is made by six companies. And your six companies, you have Vista Outdoor Group, which is CCI, Spear, and Federal Premium. So you've got the, those big three are actually all part of one company. So you've got Vista Outdoor Group. Then you have Magtech and S&B, which are also actually one company. They're separate companies with separate locations that they make stuff, but they're owned by the same holding corporation. Same as with CCI Spear and Federal. They're all owned by the same holding corporation, but they have separate locations where they manufacture stuff. Anyway, so we've got Vista and you've got your Magtech S&B guys. Then you have Winchester slash Olin, depending on what name they're going by this week, I don't know. You've got Remington. Who actually knows what Remington is doing these days? I just got a news report that they just filed for bankruptcy again. Anyway, but Remington, Fiocchi in Italy doing Fiocchi things and then number six and i can't show you my sixth finger because my arms number six ow number six pmc in korea those are your big six and for the record fiocchi and pmc are much smaller than magtech snb vista and winchester like your big three would be vista magtech snb and winchester those are your three biggest 
manufacturers of ammunition for the U.S. commercial market. So 75%, 70-75% of your ammo gets made by those companies. Now I spoke with the VP of sales over at MagTech yesterday on the phone, and they're at capacity. They are running three shifts in their plant in Brazil. They are making as much ammo as they can. The machines are basically running 24-7. And Federal is the same way. I haven't been able to speak to anybody at Winchester, but there's no reason to assume that they're not running three shifts and making ammo literally as fast as they can because they would be insane not to, especially in this environment where everybody wants ammo. Now, if 75% of your ammo is made by these companies, why don't they just add more capacity, right? Well, that's difficult. It's actually very difficult to do. If you're already running three shifts, it's very difficult for these companies to add more capacity because to do that, they would have to add a new line. There's only two companies in the world that make the sort of machines that a MagTech or a Federal use to manufacture this ammunition, to manufacture primers and things like that just two companies. And those machines are hellaciously expensive. And installing a new line just to churn off 9 mil costs a lot of money. And it's a huge financial risk. And the reason it's a huge financial risk is, let's say a company like Magtech, we'll use them as an example, installs a new 9 mil line and they get it done and it takes four months to do it and they get all this new capacity out the door and they catch up on all their back orders and they meet all this demand and everything's great for three months and then the demand for ammo goes through the floor. Hopefully they made enough money in those two, three months that they had the new machine up and running to actually pay for it. The odds are they didn't though because selling ammo profitably at the prices that these big dog manufacturers are selling it to your distributors, you have to make a ton of it. And you have to be really, really, really smart about your margins and your overheads because your margins are razor thin and your overhead can be really big when you're doing something like this. So it's actually tremendously difficult for these companies to add new capacity. If you look at a company like Vista Outdoor Group, uh, Federal, for example, Federal has been making ammunition in Anoka in Minnesota since World War II. And some of the machines up there are kind of from that era as well. It's difficult to add capacity when you're one of these major manufacturers. Now your smaller manufacturers can add capacity easier because they use a different type of machine. But those machines, something like a Camdex, which you can go Google that, for something like that, you're not talking about 20 million rounds of production a month. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of rounds of production a month. And if the demand for ammo that we've talked about is 10 times greater than it was last year, that means they want whatever 8 billion times 10 is, and I'm not great at math, 80 billion rounds of ammo composed 8 billion rounds of ammo. That's a huge increase in demand, and a couple of small ones to 2Z manufacturers adding Camdex machines isn't going to make a dent in that, even if it could solve the other problem that we're seeing. Now, I did, when talking to MagTech, I asked them about this, and they haven't experienced this because it's not, they source their raw materials differently than some of the domestic manufacturers do. But 
a couple of smaller domestic manufacturers have reported that they're having a hard time getting raw materials. They're having a hard time getting bullets, brass, and primers. Now, that's what they call raw materials because those are the components that they need to assemble a cartridge. And those are hard to get because those are only manufactured by a few companies and it's one of these big brands that manufactures most of the bullets and most of the brass and all of the primers are manufactured by the big brands. But the big brands are also having trouble getting some of these components. One of the, I spoke to a rep off the record on the condition of anonymity who reported that they were having trouble sourcing lead and brass and copper. And it wasn't that that stuff isn't available. It's not that it you can't get it. It's that the prices for it have gone up considerably because even though DHS designated mining as critical infrastructure, the mining industry has taken a hit during these corona times. They've seen a downgrade in their output, which means there's going to be less lead and less copper and less brass available for ammunition manufacturers. So a drop in the true raw materials is something that a company will feel directly in their ability to produce the components of a round because there's a lot that goes into these. And if you don't have lead, you can't make bullets. And if you don't have brass, you can't make casings. If you don't have lead, you also can't make primers because primers have lead in them and primers are really in short supply right now. So all of these companies are running at full capacity. It's difficult to add capacity and there may be raw material shortages as well. That is going to really hurt your supply chain. And there's something else that's hurting the supply chain that we haven't really talked about is that there has been a ballpark 5% loss in volume in the overland trucking industry, all right? These are the guys who get things from point A to point B and then they go on a smaller truck to go to like point C where they'll actually be purchased. But that overland trucking industry has taken a hit and it's got less drivers to move all these things around that need to get moved around. And so if you're a trucking company and you're trying to prioritize your shipments, are you going to prioritize a shipment full of food or a shipment full of lead? I don't know necessarily if that's what's happening, but I was able to find some sources that show that the trucking industry in general has taken a downturn and a loss in available volume. So do I have any good news? No, I don't. But let's talk about when this is going to get back to normal. First, we have to define what normal is, and there's two conditions for normalcy. The first is normal availability. And normal availability, uh, MagTech looks at normal availability as you, the consumer, being able to walk into Fleet Farm or a big box store like Gander Mountain, are there still Gander Mountains? Fleet Farm, Academy, or a gun shop and buy however much ammo you want to buy without being quantity rationed. Normal availability is being able to go on Lucky Gunner or Target Sports USA and buy a case of nine mil and not have to like use crazy ammo search engines to find what you're looking for. That's your normal availability. When do we think that's going to happen? The good news is most everyone that I spoke to thinks that we will be back to normal availability within a year, hopefully. 
I know that seems like a long time, but hey, August is next week, so 2020 is kind of flying by. But they assume and are sort of forecasting that we'll be back to normal availability by summer of 2021 with the caveat that is dependent, let me check my notes, that is dependent on Trump winning. If Trump wins re-election and we don't see another panicky bump from people buying ammo because Joe Biden got elected and they're worried that old Shotgun Joe is going to ban, I don't know, whatever, or that he's going to die and whatever person he picks as his VP is going to ban whatever. If that doesn't happen, if Trump wins, we're looking at a projected return to normal availability in 2021 summer-ish of 2021. That is a long time. So I hope you've got a lot of ammo that you are going to be able to use. If you're a competitive shooter and you don't have a decent stash of ammo to get you through to the next season, maybe this is the year to focus on dry fire. Now let's talk about the other condition for normalcy, which is price. When will pricing get back to normal? 2022, probably. Uh, again, this is talking to people in the industry and looking at what's going on with this. The thing that's going to help bring availability back to normal is if prices keep going up because that's how supply and demand works. So if prices keep going up and we get to a point where a case of nine mil costs five, $600 for a thousand rounds, that will help bring availability back to where we want it to be, which is great. I would rather there be ammo at exorbitant-ish prices than there not be ammo at all, which is kind of where we're at right now is there's no ammo. There's some, but it's hard to find. But pricing's not gonna come back nearly as fast as availability will come back. And this is partly because of how supply and demand works. It'll hit a certain point where people don't want to spend $750 for 9 mil, and then manufacturers will have too much and distributors will have too much and you'll start to see prices come back down. And that won't happen until 2022. And the trucking industry also has something to do with this because they're anticipating kind of once we beat the Rona in 2021 or whenever we get around to it. They're anticipating a surge in demand for trucking, but they won't have the capacity to meet that. So there's going to be a price increase in shipping, which guess who's going to get that? We are. That will get passed straight to the consumer. Believe you me, if Federal's got to pay more to get a truck full of lead shipped to them, that price is going to get passed right on to you. So you will see that in the cost of ammunition. You're gonna see that shipping increase reflected in how much it costs to order ammunition, how much it costs to buy it in the store. That's just economics 101. But yeah, we don't really expect to see a recovery in the cost of ammo until 2022. And again, that is presuming that Trump wins re-election, not that Bo Jiden wins the election. If Shotgun Joe wins, I have no idea when this will get back to normal. Like I said, not a lot of good news in this podcast. Unfortunately, we are in an unprecedented time and manufacturers are back ordered for 18 months. It's tough to get ammo. 
I guess I will try to give you a little bit of good news here at the end. There is still ammo out there if you know where to look. There are places that still have it in stock. They have quantity limits. They have higher prices than you're used to seeing if, you're, if you've been doing this for a while. Reloading's not a great option right now, unfortunately, because it's really hard to get primers. Powder is difficult to get. Projectiles are difficult to get. I went looking for like simple, like beginner's reloading kits last night and they were all sold out. Like you couldn't buy a kit to start reloading at sort of the beginner level. You can get some of the more advanced stuff for sure, but everything's hard to get right now and it's not getting better for a long time. And if you want the short answer, the short answer is unprecedented, a tenfold increase in demand coupled with supply shortages that are caused both by the coronavirus and the inherent difficulty in increasing supply for major ammunition manufacturers. I'm Caleb Giddings. Thanks for watching or listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, I'll have a link to our merch and you can go buy some t-shirts or some stickers or something fun like that. Or you can just send me money. I like money. Who doesn't like money? Thank you. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Firearms Industry News.